to our fanciful farming friends. Hey, we wanted to let you know that we are on the road uh, this weekend. Um, we, at the last minute, um, got involved in a rescue. Uh, we have a little mare here in the back that uh, had a, a, a pretty rough life. Um, we uh, came down to Georgia and picked her up. We are right now in, I believe, South Carolina, uh, traveling north. And um, we'll talk more about her in the future, and, and you'll, you'll all get to meet her. Uh, she has some disabilities, um, but uh, we'll talk about that. And uh, But she came from a pretty rough life, and um, she had a hero, a couple heroes that went in and saved her along with a group of others. Um, so thank you and kudos to those girls who uh, risked themselves and, and took the time to go in and um, save a lot of the little horses and um, save them from death and uh, a, a bad life. So, but we decided to get involved and uh, make this little girl's life better. I, I wanted to talk to you all about rescue and kind of how that happens or how you get involved in that. We're not really a rescue, but um, sometimes things happen, like with Sully uh, over a year ago, where uh, I think Danielle saw an ad for him, and he was in pretty bad shape, and we went down almost to Kentucky and, and brought him home, and we've made his life better and I think he's a pretty happy little guy and um, he's healthy now and um, you know his legs are still kind of a work in progress but um, we're getting there with him and so uh, how did you how did you come across Sully how did that happen um, I just happened to it, it was on accident it was a pure accident that I just happened to I was trying to look up some info on something else a different topic and it's been a year so I don't really remember exactly what that was and then his picture popped up and it said that he was a um, colt a dwarf colt I think was his title and you could tell from the picture that he had some leg issues um, and not all his issues are ever going to be fully correctable but that's okay he doesn't have to be perfect we just don't want him we don't want it to affect his quality of life and there were some issues that he had that could be improved to um, help his quality of life. So I got in contact with the person that had him who actually was not his original owner. He actually bought him from somebody else. And he had every intention on taking him to an auction. He had other people interested in him as well and he said, if you want him, come get him. So we had a choice. We either went right then or let it go. Yeah, and I think I was at dinner when you called me with some people, with some friends, and um, she wanted me to make a decision right that second. He, he didn't give me a choice. Of what we were doing, and so uh, I, I, I just went with it, and uh, we took a trip the next morning. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how... We, we didn't have any... We weren't fully... We hadn't decided whether we were going to take it, but once we got there, we saw what sad shape he was in. He was alone. He was with a little goat. The goat had already been sold, and you could tell that he needed some help. Yeah, he he did need a lot of help. He had he was pretty unhealthy, pretty sickly, and couldn't even really stand up for very long. So um, he did need help, but 
sometimes, you know, we get into that and, and I think sometimes it gets almost to be, oh, I don't want to say an adrenaline rush, but something to where you almost get addicted to it and you, you want to help and, you know, you don't plan on it and then somebody asks and it's hard to. I wouldn't say it's an addiction. I would say that you feel helpless yeah, to the you, point where you think you're the only one that's really going to be, that's really going to commit and, and help. And you just become really passionate. I guess it's more of a passion. And uh, you just, yeah, you, you get pretty involved in it. And there's a lot of really good people out there. You know, um, we should, you know, say kudos to them that that do go out and sacrifice them themselves, either financially or emotionally, um, emotionally and time-wise, and help animals, whether it's horses or dogs or cats or, or you know, whatever it is. And... Uh, there's a lot of people that really do a wonderful job and you know not everybody's cut out to do that or has the circumstances to do that but um, everybody can maybe do a little bit by um, maybe giving back to those organizations or those people um, whether donating it's, your time yeah donating your time or something they need or you know financially or whatever or, or just being a good advocate for them right being a good animal advocate um, or for the rescues or things like that. You don't have to take in an animal yourself, but you can support them even just by word of mouth. Sometimes that's all it takes in order for them to get more support, whether it's financial, um, people going in and volunteering, whatever they need. Sometimes that's all you can do, and sometimes that's all it takes. Right. I wish you could see this little girl. She's got her head up here between us, and she's listening and uh, kind of taking it all in. She's still pretty uh, gun-shy here. Um, she's she's afraid. Um, she's seen a lot. Yeah, she's seen a lot. She came from a pretty horrific situation. and uh, I think you should tell a little bit about her she, situation. She's a little scared. Yeah, she was rescued from a farm where um, the animals didn't have, you know, food or water, and they... Um, it was like a spent breeding farm that, you know, no longer, whether they didn't have the interest or the, um, or the money, I, I don't know what was going on. And they, they were mean to these animals. They, these animals have scars. They've been beaten. Well, and the problem is, is that people sometimes go in, into hobbies or businesses with the right intentions to begin with. And not all of them are like this. I'm not judging them all. It just happens sometimes where they get in over their heads and and that happens and you can still have good intentions but then there's also people that just get tired of it and they or they start looking at these animals instead of something that brings joy to your life and there's a living breathing they they being. look at it like a dollar sign and a, every every animal industry is like that whether it's the food industry or some other type um, they start looking at them like they're dollar signs and they only have a purpose if they have a worth. And if you have an animal that no longer can do its job or whatever it's supposed to do, it can't breed anymore, it can't, it, it doesn't, it no longer serves the purpose that you originally had it intended for. Sometimes these people just look at these animals like they're garbage and they're not worth anything and they, they want to replace them or they just neglect them and just kind of put them out in the pasture like these horses were and say, you know, 
That's it. Well, and some I don't, I don't care people for when they go that far or they're abusive, they're not good people. No, they're never to good begin people. with. They're they're just not. Not everybody is like that. Not everybody who has animals or breeding programs or working animals are like that. Right. It, it, there's certain people that are like that, but not all. Right. And there's there's a lot of good local farms out there that uh, produce your food and. So the things that you can do are support your local farms, buy from your local farms, whether it's your your egg farmers or um, where you get your bacon, you know, whatever. Chances are those smaller farms put their heart and soul into it, and they actually are still looking, even if they sell chicken meat or beef or something like that, chances are those animals have lived a way better life, are way healthier than the commercial farms. Right. The commercial farms I don't support at all. Right, and they're compassionate, and they take care of these animals and give them a, you know, a dignified, quality life. Um, even, you know, although even though if they're going to end up on the your dinner plate later, they still are treated with respect and compassion. They get fresh air. They're not in a factory setting yeah. their entire lives where they look at walls under artificial lighting or whatever it is. So it's important to, you know, and there's a lot of rescues out there. People don't realize they're not just for dogs, cats, horses. There are people out there that will rescue spent hens that come from commercial egg-laying farms. They're starting to see that these chickens don't deserve to die just because they no longer lay eggs. And we have some of those on our farm that no longer lay well, eggs, but they... They weren't from commercial They settings. live No, but they do live, uh, you know, we allow, allow them to live um, a, a happy life on a farm. And so. what's really surprising is most people told me, oh, you're going to get chickens and they're going to stop laying eggs at two years old. And that, I haven't found that to be true. Most of our chickens are happy. We don't put them under artificial lighting, which I think helps. Um, so they're not laying eggs in mass productions. They're doing it in a more natural way, which I think has actually prolonged their egg laying cycle. So they're still laying plenty of eggs at two, two and a half, three years old. Right. Will they always? Maybe not. But um, And we have some that don't. We have some freeloader chickens, too. We have too. a couple of special <laughs> needs. Well, one that's never really laid eggs, but she tends to be the favorite of certain individuals. And one that she is done, and she's yeah. no longer going to lay eggs. But she still serves a purpose. Well, she's yeah. She's good pest control. Well, they control. still they still have um, yeah, They just work, buy new purpose. And they deserve to live. Just like this little girl back here, she deserves to live, you know, despite her disabilities and, and despite, um, you know, that she should not be producing... Um, babies, and that's a whole other story because these poor animals were, um, even in their conditions, forced to breed and, and produce. Um, so and crowded and yeah. no food. She, the person, we're the second wave of rescue here. Yeah. The first wave were some individuals from Georgia who went in and got all these horses because they had heard from word of mouth that there were horses starving. So they went out there with a group, and there were several different people out there, and some took some horses, some took the other group. Um, but when they got there, according to what they told us, they said they were shooting a lot of the horses. They, they, they were taking them out before they even got there. Luckily, she, this horse in the back was not one of them, even though I think she was next in line to get shot, and they had to beg her, or beg them not to shoot her. And they threw her in the back of the trailer because she was too weak to get in the trailer, and that was it. It was. They said it was awful. They said it was 
kind of like a horror movie that you'd watch, and I'm sure they won't sleep very well for a while because of it. And yeah, so those, those type of situations are awful. They said there were dead horses out there, mother motherless bulls running around, horses with gashes on them, horses that were bleeding, I think she said, because of the wounds that they had. They were beating up on each other because they were literally fighting to survive because there was no food. Yeah. They were eating roots. Right. And out of the goodness of their heart, they went in and, and saved these animals. And so... And they didn't have to. Hats off to them, um, really. And that's... It's not a... It's not an easy job or a pleasant job. And it does take its toll on people. So, you know, we, we thank them. And um, we just kind of wanted to talk to you about how this happens and, and why people rescue, you know, and why sometimes we get involved and what it means and, and like I said what you can do because there are just little things you can do whether you know you be respectful and treat animals well or help somebody out um, in need with an animal or you know uh, help you support your rescues or yeah, your local if you farms. you contribute financially that's huge for them because nobody gets rich off of being a rescuer. Nobody. I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody? No, they get poor, anybody. but they don't get rich. You get poor, you don't get... But you don't do it for that reason. No, I don't, People that rescue don't do it because they're trying to have financial gain. They do it because they feel powerless. Nobody else is going to do it, so somebody has to step up. Right, right. But I'd say probably 90% of the time, these animals are coming with health issues. They're oh, yeah. never healthy. And even if they are physically healthy they're not usually mentally healthy well they emotionally have a, healthy yeah whether it's a dog or a horse or whatever that you rescue a lot of yeah. times they that have a lot of behavior a lot of time that's issues. a lot of food that's a lot of therapy working with these animals to gain trust and so they're paying for medical bills they're paying for food shelter anything that they need that right in that amount of time before they can actually adopt if they even can adopt these animals back out to another yeah. safe and home. some of them you know when they do have severe disabilities really can't be they they really need to go someplace and so it's just and sometimes too overwhelming with a soft landing and just to uh, plant themselves you know um with well, some landing, of them so. that i think a lot of rescues will keep animals because what they they've just been too traumatized yeah. they just want it to end they want right. it to be done that's right. their they've been stopping too point. Much. they're not gonna keep being bounced around so there you go now y'all know where we're at and what's going on uh we are like i said on the road we've got a long way to go but um you can hear my phone going off i think i'm getting some messages but like i said we are on the road we are on the road with uh doing a rescue that's what we did for our weekend um, she'll need to be named eventually yeah it wasn't every animal planned. should have a name oh yeah I mean, she will have a name and uh She's right here between us listening. She is pretty gun shy. She's a, really nervous. She's been through She's a lot. She's seen a lot. She saw her friends getting shot. Yeah, she has scars, but we're going to do the best we can with this little girl, and um, you will meet her eventually. But we just wanted to share with all of you about what's happening at Fanciful Farming and where are the girls at Fanciful Farming. So take care.